Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number three of Flip It or Skip It, we'll be talking about collecting framed artwork. We're going to take a look at at several different things. Mostly, we'll be covering some of the popular decorative and collectible artwork that is um, on the market these days. We won't be talking about high-end, fine art by listed artists. That's a a completely different world. We're talking about collecting for the home, collecting, buying to flip items, sell them on eBay, sell them in your antique mall booth or your antique store. We'll be dealing with with those kind of, of items. To start off, let's talk a bit about cruise ship art. Uh, Dana, you're a regular cruiser, aren't you? Yes, I love cruising. Absolutely. And they always have art auctions on those ships. Uh-huh. Have you been to any? I have had the champagne. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's a popular attraction for uh, for those art auctions. <laughs> I wish I could have attended with you, though. So tell us how you did that. I was an art auctioneer for the largest art gallery. They build themselves as the largest private art gallery in the world. Wow. Uh, They're based out of Detroit. And uh, at the time I was with them in 2009, uh, they were on more than 50 cruise ships worldwide. And they had, depending on the itinerary, they would have anywhere from one to three auctions a week. What I discovered by working for the gallery and learning their sales system and how they do their art is most of the big art companies use the same sort of process for creating inventory. Uh, you're no doubt familiar with Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid's one of the, the best-selling artists in American history. Now, he's not critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a reputation for selling kitsch. He sure sells a lot of it. <laughs> he sells yeah. more than anybody else. And uh, the system that the cruise ship gallery used and the Ken Cade uses is they will have an artist do an oil painting, do whatever their, their main type of art is. And they might sell that for, I don't know, just pull a number, say $40,000. And what they do is they take that original art and they will make a digital file. Uh, They put it in something that looks like a great big scanner. Mm -hmm. could take a day on a big work of art, just completely scan the thing. And it gets all the fine nuances of the color and that sort of thing. And they have a digital file. Once they have a digital file, they can do all kinds of things with it. So they might create a collectible set of a particular size of artworks, and they'll do it on canvas. And let's say that they make a set of 200 out of that same single digital file. But what they'll do to make them worth a little bit more money is they will set them up and they'll do what's called embellishing. They'll have assistants, the artist's assistants, go in with paint and basically highlight different wow. parts of, of the artwork, and they call that embellished. And it 
makes it difficult for someone who doesn't know art. They'll look at it and they'll see the paint on it Mm -hmm. and they'll say, well, this is a painting, but it's not really. It's a print. And a giclée printer is a big, sophisticated inkjet printer. Hmm. It does archival uh, quality inks and can create millions of colors, shades, and that sort of thing. So they'll put in the digital file and they'll start making a printing of these prints. And they can do some on canvas and they'll do some on paper. Hmm. And some of them they'll take and have the artists do the embellishment and that kind of thing. And then they're when they're done and approved by the artist that did the original, the artist will, will sign it, sign the originals, sign the sets, that kind of thing. So it's um, uh, they can end up with, from one painting, they can end up with, a th- say, a thousand wow. different sizes and shapes of the same artwork. It's the same image, but it's in different editions they'll make. Big ones and little ones and paper ones and canvas ones and embellished ones and uh, non-embellished ones. And then they can sell them with frames or without frames. There's just a lot of different things they can do. So really, you've got a captive market there. Yeah. Because not a lot of that stuff ends up on the secondary market. Uh, For example, with uh, the cruise ship art gallery that I worked for on eBay, the past 90 days, there's only 281 works of art from that gallery on eBay. Now, that's nothing. That company sells millions and millions Hmm. of dollars worth of art every year, thousands of items. So for them, there just to be 281 on eBay isn't a lot. Uh, Thomas Kincaid, she, I mean, they're in... They're everywhere. They have franchise locations. You mm-hmm. can find that he licenses stuff for coffee cups and memorabilia and Hallmark stores. I mean, Thomas Kincaid stuff's just everywhere. There's over 9,000 listings for Thomas Kincaid on eBay, current listings. But for art in, in general, for the cruise ship art and Kincaid art, the sell-through rate is only about 18%. Mm-hmm. So fewer than one in five will will sell, and there's not nearly the selection online or in auctions that you'll actually see in a Kincaid gallery or in the Kincaid website or in the the cruise ship gallery uh, or on cruise ships. You just the, that's where the selection is, and that's where people are going to buy. They're generally slow sellers in my experience, too. Like, I've had a few Thomas Kincaid pieces of art, and they do sell, but they are very slow sellers. Like, it can take years to move them sometimes. Hmm. The way that the auctions there went is, well, let me, let me do a comparison. When I'm doing an estate auction or a gallery auction live, when an item crosses the block, and you hammer it sold, uh, one of the auction assistants will actually carry that item back to give it to the person who bought it, or they'll set it aside or with their bidder number on it. But when it's sold, it's sold. Now, in the on the cruise ship art auctions, you sell something uh, at the at the auction, you hammer it sold, but they don't get it right then. 
They have to go back to the art gallery after hours. You set up an appointment with them. And uh, that's where they do all the paperwork to buy it and that sort of thing. But they don't get the one that they saw at the auction either, unless it's a clearance item. What they'll do, and it says in the the fine print of the auction contract that you review with them, that uh, they'll get one delivered fresh and freshly framed from their shop in their warehouse. So if at the auction they bought uh, number 232 out of a set of 300, they might actually get number 14 out of that set. Mm. You, you don't know. They don't, they don't get what they actually bought. I have a couple of questions. Do you get certificates with these when you get them on cruise ships? Yes, you get a cer- certificate of authenticity that comes with it. Mm-hmm. We could have an entire conversation <laughs> about certificates of authenticity and their actual value. Well, let's do that. <laughs> okay, okay. What, what When you see something with a certificate of authenticity, how much does it mean to you? <laughs> well, as an eBay seller, it actually increases the value. Mm-hmm. And again, it also, well, it helps sell it faster. And it increases mm-hmm. the value. So I can flip it quicker if I have a certificate. Now, it, if it's in a different category like comic books or, you know, trading cards or something like that, uh, it depends on who the certificate was issued by. Right. So the art world, I'm sure, has their own standards as well. But collectors, my guess is collectors would, would know that. Mm-hmm. I guess my feeling is, first of all, whenever I buy art anywhere, whether it's a local gallery or an estate sale or whatever, I prefer to get any validation that I can get with the item. If it's got an old gallery sticker on the back, Mm -hmm. I want it to stay there. Sure. Uh, I want to keep things in their original frame. Yep. Buyers usually prefer to have it in the same in the original condition. Yes, that's so, true. So you know, leave that, leave the frame. You know, even if the frame is a little bit rickety, I don't try to fix it. You know, let that let them do that because you can spend all your profit mm-hmm. in time fixing and sure. cleaning and and that kind of thing. So I don't like to do that. So for certificates of authenticity, they're just as easy to fake sure. as it is to fake art. I'm sure. And I've read that Thomas Kincaid is a huge seller in the Asian market. But that's also where Kincaids are most often faked. Ah. Because you got they have access to the same high quality scanners and G clay printers that everybody else does. Sure. So you can take and run it through and you can, you know, fake the signature and and it's just too easy to do. And mm-hmm. if you can fake that, you can fake the certificate of authenticity, too. So mm-hmm. cruise ship collectors, people who attend those auctions just buy a lot of art. And, and many times they don't even get it framed. They get it and they get it in the tubes and they stick it in their closet or under the bed. They just like buying that stuff. <laughs> At the cruise ship auctions, art comes both framed and unframed. And when you're presenting the piece, you say you're bidding on unframed art or you're bidding on framed art. When they set the appointment to go back to the art gallery and fill out the paperwork for the art, you can, if it's unframed, you can say, well, what are you going to do with it? 
Are you going to hang it on your wall? Are you going to leave it in the tube, put it under your bed? And sometimes, probably, you know, a third of the time, people say, oh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put this up. Well, where are you going to get it framed? I'm going to get it framed at, at the local craft store or framing shop. Well, framing is expensive. You can spend more on framing than you spend on, on decorative art. The gallery that I worked for had a standard display of 10 different frame styles. They were all $300. And if you were buying art on canvas, of course, canvas you don't put glass over because the canvas needs to breathe. You only put glass over paper art. But the gallery didn't use glass at all. They used UV-resistant plexiglass because you could ship it without it breaking. Because you ship glass and it cracks and rips the art, then you got a problem. Mm -hmm. So they always used UV plexiglass. It's much more expensive than glass. But you'd bring these people into the uh, gallery, and, so, and about a third of them would buy the framing. So even if they bought the artwork for you know, a set for $300, they could spend another $300 a piece on framing. Wow. So, upsell. you know, you could upsell. Yeah, but they <laughs> wanted it framed. You can also upsell for uh, appraisals. You get an sure. appraisal for oh. $35 each. Oh. And uh, then you could get in, uh, shipping insurance. And you could, you know, <laughs> by the time they got out of there, they spent a lot more than $300 they had bid. Wow. But that's part of their selling system. And clear something up here. There's there's no high pressure here. I mean, these are auctions. Mm -hmm. People don't have to bid. Right, you know, of course. Because they like it. They, it's fun. You know, they like it. They collect it. It's fun. It's part of their vacation. It's their, yeah. their souvenir. It's their memorabilia. The best reason to buy art is because you like it. Well, let's take a break here. We'll write back with our discussion of flipping framed art after this message from our sponsor. Have you ever bought an item to resell? got it home, and discovered that it wasn't what you thought it was? With WorthPoint's encyclopedia of marks, autographs, patterns, and symbols, you'll always know what you have and what it's worth. Find over 150,000 identifiers updated weekly, covering glass, china, coins, currency, tools, and more. Don't waste your time and money. Use WorthPoint. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Okay, let's get back to our discussion about flipping framed art. Here's something that I found interesting that I want to discuss with you. Is as I was looking at these uh, Kincaid prices on eBay, I found that in sold items, when I uh, sorted them, that the top eight auction results only had one bid. When you see uh, something purchased and there was only one bid, does it give you pause? No, not necessarily, because if the opening bid is high, mm -hmm. it could be someone is just going to wait and, you know, drop that price at the last minute and mm -hmm. they're willing to pay it. Right. So I know some people have doubts that it's it's not authentic, but right. in my experience, it generally is because I've done it. That's how I know. I'll start. Mm -hmm an auction really high and or I'll start it with the the lowest price that I would take mm -hmm. and which is high <laughs> and right. and one person would come along and buy it no right. other bids right hmm. it has pros and cons cuz it will scare people off right because they want to get in on the action of 99 cents and build it up versus right. starting high so right but 
you you can get that um that breakdown to make that decision by going through worth point and taking a look at the high the high end to the low end and then make that decision on maybe starting your auction in between as an appraiser when i see when i research ebay and i'm doing let's say an estate appraisal or an insurance appraisal when I see something that's got only one bid, I want to take a really close look at that one bid. Mm-hmm. Like you said, to see, well, how, what, what are the results of the auction? Did, did it have a high starting price? But I'm always nervous when I see one person. I know I had um, a lady, one of my consignment clients, bring me a, a painting of Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And it was very old it was it was really big it must have been like 24 inches by 36 inches it was quite large and i she just all she knew was that it had been in her family and she didn't have any details on it no certificate nothing and it even looked discolored a little bit because it had mm-hmm. been hanging the paint on it looked darkened Right. So I called around and who knew, but our local art gallery, it's our museum. It's a museum. Mm-hmm. It's called the Appleton Museum here in Ocala, Florida. People don't realize that you can call your local museums and they will take a look at your art. And at least ours did. And so I took it down there and it cost me a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And for that $100, she went ahead and wouldn't give me a certificate, of course, if I, unless I paid $300. <laughs> but I, I, I went with just her email right. that basically told me that it was, she was able to date it mm-hmm. and um, give me more information about it that was enough for me to list it without a mm-hmm. certificate, but have the proper information on it. So right. Right. the you might want to check with historical societies or right. um, local museums. They may right. offer that service. And some people, mm-hmm. I know I didn't know it, and it was quite handy to know that. There is so much estate art on the market. Anytime you go into an antique store, antique mall, or you look online, there's just a lot of it around. Uh, and there is money to be made in flipping estate art. It might be a little bit more difficult to to flip, uh, say, Thomas Kincaid art, even though a lot of it shows up online. It would be more difficult to flip it just because there's so much of it out there. But a lot of the estate art that you see are originals. They're one of a kind or... Uh, because they're oil paintings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can still find art prints and that sort of thing, which which are uh, another subject and and have value of their own depending on how they're done. But for estate art and old oil paintings, if you buy the right kind of things, they're fairly uh, straightforward to flip. And and what I mean by buying the right kind of things is an author named Ron Davis. He uh, wrote a book called The Art Dealer's Field Guide. Uh, my favorite book in that genre, because he really breaks it down for, for novices in mm-hmm. the art world as to, to what they should be looking at if they want to flip art. And he mentions 
things like, uh, for example, pictures of women sell better than pictures of men. Young girls sell better than pictures of young boys. Uh, but in any of those uh, works of art, uh, looks count. Pretty is uh, more desirable than... Um, ugly. Yeah, ugly, plain, <laughs> unsmiling. You know, people like to, to look at something that's pleasant. Another interesting point is that landscapes generally sell better than seascapes. Uh, I, you know, you mentioned earlier that you uh, like seascapes. Yeah, I like seascapes too. I lived in Annapolis for years and grew up in the Chesapeake Bay, and and uh, you know I have a fondness for for all things nautical. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also now live in the Blue Ridge Mountains, so I'm fond of landscapes as well. But open landscapes. Rolling hills, for example, sell better than uh, interior forest scenes. Anything uh, lively pictures sell better than morbid pictures. You know, it's better to pictures of people dying aren't all that popular, <laughs> even if they're <laughs> historical figures. Um, bright sells better than dark. Uh, day sells better than night. And here's something that you won't have any trouble believing at all. And that's that domestic animals, pictures of domestic animals, sell better than uh, pictures of wild animals. And yeah. Facebook proves that pictures of dogs and cats yep. <laughs> are popular items. They yep. sell better than, than, say, deer or fish or something like that. <laughs> but also size and shape. You know, big is better than small. Uh, horizontal uh, sells better than vertical, that sort of thing. If dealers are out getting a feel for uh, these things, for example, if they find big uh, sofa-sized open landscape, that might sell better than um, than a similar seascape. And once you know these the, the parameters for what's selling best, mm -hmm. uh, it, you can go into antique shops. And antique shops that buy out estates, they end up with more art than they know what to do with. And yep. in general... The dealers don't know anything about art. They really don't. I mean, mm -hmm. they're either going to put phenomenally high prices on it that they can't substantiate, or they're starting to stack up a bunch of it and they want to move some of it out. So you can usually find a pretty good, uh, pretty good deals there. And uh, that's where I made my made my money in art is buying estate art and flipping it. It may take a while, as you pointed out. It could sit around for quite a while, but when you do flip it, you get a good uh, you get a good price tip for it. Yes. So, for example, if you go into a Goodwill or a thrift store, grab a seat, sit, get in a comfortable position, because they always have those paintings or those prints. They have an area where they're all stacked up, and mm -hmm. if you sit and you get out your app for WorthPoint, get out your app for eBay, and I generally will start by looking up the artist. Right. So I'll start by looking up the artist and then I will um, pull out the ones that have potential because of the artist and start mm -hmm. putting them in a, in a pile. And then next, if you want to spend more time, then like you said, go through and look at the, the art itself. Is it a right. landscape? Is it nautical? Is it, is it a dog or a wolf or is it friendly or morbid? Or, and then right. you can break it down that way. And then you can also search according to the design 
and then do a search that way. So that would be a good starting point to Mm -hmm. flipping it or skipping it when you're in the thrift store. Cool. Good advice. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode and uh, uh, we hope you come back and visit us again. Thanks for being here. Thank you. uh, Dana, take care. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.